Another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I'm your host, Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Christine Steimer. Hello. And Miss Brittany Brombacher. Hello. Happy Turkey Day, ladies. Yeah. Post Turkey Day. Right yeah. about this time. I, say, I imagine I'm hungover yeah. as hell. Yeah. Oh, is that how you roll on Thanksgiving? Yeah, it is. You know, I. Yeah, it is. You know, I, I have a shirt on right now that has a football, it has a turkey, and has a thing of beer on it. But replace the beer with whiskey, and that's usually what I do. It's that sounds glorious. It's a great time. Yeah, you know, my family drinks. We're all drinkers, so it's we're all together for many hours that day, and we just enjoy the the beverages flow like water. Oh wow, it's a good time. It, that's pretty much what's going to happen at my house as well. Except I'm probably going to be hitting the champagne. On Thursday, and then maybe rounding out the day with some bourbon or some whiskey, mm. maybe a hot toddy uh-huh. or some other kind of Ooh. dessert beverage. A hot oh. toddy sounds delightful. Mm. I do love me a hot toddy. Uh, we hope that whatever you guys did with your friends or family, if you celebrated Thanksgiving here in the United States, um, was a fun time. Maybe you played some games. Maybe you ate too much turkey. Or maybe you ate something else because you're like, you know what? I hate turkey. Mm. I'm going to have enchiladas instead. Oh, that sounds um, good doesn't it? I got real excited. Mm, yeah, that sounds delicious. But whatever it was you did, we hope that you had a fantastic time and hope that you scored some really fantastic Black Friday deals, which are still going on. Um, speaking of which, let's just roll right into announcements. Mm-hmm. We are doing a Black Friday sale. If you have not yet visited whatsgoodgames.com slash store, we have all kinds of merchandise available for you to purchase. And so you can show off all of your love for What's Good Games. We are giving you guys 20% off everything in the store from now until December 3rd. That's 20% off with promo code What's Good. You guys, we have a bunch of new merch. I'm really excited about it because I've been working on it for a couple of weeks. We've got a couple of different holiday sweaters. We've got our design that we rolled out last year. We've got some new hats in three different styles. Uh, We have... Uh, hoodies that you guys can buy. We have long sleeve t-shirts. We've got leggings. We've got joggers. We've got socks. Baby clothes. Keep your feet warm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, the baby ass baby mode onesie is one of my favorite creations. So you're, you're wearing the slouchy sweatshirt right now, right? Yeah, I am. So it says, uh, it just says what's good games on it. A friend of the show, the hashtagonist, um, helped come up with this design for us. And, and I'm wearing it in the ladies slouchy sweatshirt in red. So it's like a deep red, like Mm. almost like a burgundy, like a brick red, maybe. Um, but it comes in a couple of different colors and a bunch of different styles, um, both men's and women's, because obviously women's styles are incredibly important to us. And we all hate that so many 
video game and tech and gamer focused apparel shops really only focus on this elusive unisex t-shirt, which is really just a male's t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, it doesn't so. even really look good on them either, to be fair. <laughs> I feel like unisex t-shirts look good on almost nobody. <laughs> They're good for dogs. When Reb had a surgery, it fit him perfect and it like covered his little wound up. So there they you should go. call it oh. dog sex. Wait, no. Oh, God. Oh. oh. <laughs> yes. Maybe not. Brave that will be the clip. That one out. <laughs> dog sex. <laughs> I think we got to workshop that one a little bit. <laughs> Good job, Simon. I love you. It's a dog shirt. It's a dog you, shirt. All right. Let's move along. Move you, right along. Let's beautiful go. baby girl. So we've been talking about Thanksgiving, and if you didn't notice, we obviously recorded the show a bit earlier this week than we normally did, so apologies if we missed some big news, but we've got quite a packed show for you. But before we get to the news, we've got a couple other things we want to chat with you about really quick. So Brittany, what's this business about the podcast reviewers you have in the show notes? Well, friends, so for a while there, we were showcasing the one-star reviews that we were getting because they are freaking hilarious. But because we haven't gotten any in a while, I wanted to, you know, give a shout out to those who heard the one star cry and was like, hey, we're going to offset those. So what we're going to start doing is give weekly shout outs to people who leave reviews for us on yeah, their favorite podcast. I like that. Yeah, provider. I almost said podcast supplier, which I guess also kind of works. Kind sure. of, sort of. Yeah, okay. So this is for the entire month of November. But like I said, going forward, we'll just do shout outs weekly. So. Thank you for the kind reviews. Hi off anime. J Dog two two three four five five. Starkiller two thousand seven. Although Starkiller did give us a four star review because they said things go sideways when we start drinking. That's true. It is true. Megatron eighty seven. Tass eighty two pound. <laughs> Kuma Peru. Tiberius twelve hundred. Tay one to God. M Dell thirty. Lilies and blush. Storywriter eighty nine. Game Logic seventy five. Hollywood a shell. Peanut gallery and Care Scott. So thank you for leaving us those glowing five-star reviews. Much appreciated. It really helps us out. You the best. Patreon.com slash What's Good Games is the website you can go to to support everything that we do here at WGG. If you want to join, you will get a shout-out the week you join. We've got membership as low as two bucks a month. This week... We've got Chris B. Titchinger. Titchinger. You know what's funny is that Chris wrote a message and was like, Andrea, don't try to pronounce my name. You're going to mess it up. But then I forgot about it until I tried to pronounce your name. And then I was like, oh, yeah, you wrote me a message. It's too late. It's happened now. Titchinger. Titchinger? Titchinger. I don't know. Titchinger. Titchinger? Titchinger? I don't know. Yeah. Torian Till, Tyler, Christina Marie, Luke Heff, Thunder Diz, and Booty Anderson. Plus, a big shout out and thank you to this month's Patreon producers, Alex Rogopoulos, Chewie's Godson, Ferris Atay, and Mohammed Mohammed. Thank you to everybody for supporting us at What's Good Games. We are thankful for you. Speaking of being thankful for things, let's get into the news. But first, I have to tell you, it's brought to you by Me Undies. I have been rocking my Me Undies onesies a lot these last couple of weeks because it has gotten chilly. Now, you guys know that by this time of the year, the planners and the Virgos of the world, shout out to Kayla, have checked off everything on their list. Well, the rest of us last minute people are running around like psychos trying to figure <laughs> out what to get everybody. It's true. So true. Yep. <laughs> Don't fear, fellow last minute gifters. Me Undies has everyone on your list covered, quite literally. Oh. It's the one stop shopping spot to get gifts that people will actually love, delivered straight to your door. Free shipping, no buts about it. Actually, all buts about it, because Undies, get it? <laughs> yeah. 
Um, if you guys were watching our happy hour Q&A and after hour stream last week, which were our mm-hmm. Patreon exclusive streams for the month of November, you may have seen Brittany and I in our unicorn meundies onesies. So I have the light blue one and she had the purple one. I think the purple one was a limited edition. Ew. But now they've got the unicorn reindeer one, which is super cute because it's got the red nose and the little antlers. Um, so if you guys are into onesies or just great loungewear in general, or if you just want the softest underwear your butt cheeks have ever felt, <laughs> you've got to go to MeUndies.com slash WGG. I mean, I don't think I need to remind people that it's cold outside because it is and that it's dark at like 4 p.m. Hello, darkness, my Hello, old friend. friend. <laughs> MeUndies wants you to know that it's okay to not leave the house as much oh, as you God. want to this winter in sizes extra extra small through 4XL with plenty of brand new products the option for getting cozy are endless now when they say cozy they mean it with undies that are three times softer than cotton in the cutest wintry prints and colors that's like super soft you guys so this holiday season cozy up in their new robes for mm. men and women and treat your feet with the soft new slippers and of course match the whole family with their cute new baby bodies suit oh with brand new holiday prints and cozy new products me indies has a gift for literally everyone on your list and plus don't forget we've got that great offer you guys for any first-time purchasers you're going to get 15 percent off plus free shipping this is a no-brainer with the holidays are here i was gonna say around the corner but like we're in the thick of it now uh-huh. Especially because, of course, MeUndies has that 100% satisfaction guarantee. To get 15% off your first pair, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash WGG. That's MeUndies.com slash WGG. Um, I got the Fair Isle onesies for John and I, and we're going to wear them on Christmas Day. Like, the matching nerds that we are. That is so cute. Oh, my God. No, it's always fun whenever we have our little sleepovers because typically John will be wearing his Stormtrooper onesie. I'll be wearing the the Stormtrooper bottoms and then Andrea will be rocking her onesie. And it's like, yeah. Summer, you have MeUndies stuff that you wear too. So yeah, it's like a party. It's a MeUndies party for three. We all own the strawberry one. I think that's the only onesie that we all could match, right? We all have the strawberry one? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. I mean, we could like make a whole podcast about how comfortable MeUndies is, but you guys know that. Just go to the website. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, our first story is going to be Google responds after Stadia owners accuse it of breaking promises over game performance. And a lot of people have been talking about this this week. So Google has issued a statement after it was accused of breaking promises over the performance of Stadia games. Last week, website 9to5Google accused Google of lying about the performance of Stadia games after it emerged key titles were not running in 4K resolution and 60 frames per second. The reality of Stadia is an issue for many owners of the streaming tech because it contradicts statements made by Google and its executives in the run-up to release. And because Google is locking up to 4K resolution behind its 999 Stadia Pro subscription. In promoting Stadia, Google staff said on stage that its GPU has more power than Xbox One X and PS4 Pro combined. And in a tweet posted in October, Stadia chief Phil Harrison said, quote, all games at launch support 4K. We designed Stadia to enable 4K60 with appropriate TV and bandwidth, and we want all games to play 4K60, but sometimes for artistic reasons, a game is at 4K30. So Stadia always streams at 4K60 via 2X encode, said Harrison. 
But the Stadia version of Destiny 2, for example, renders at a native 1080p and is then upscaled to improve quality but never reaches 4K. Red Dead Redemption 2, Stadia's most high-profile port, also doesn't play in true 4K. As Digital Foundry revealed, Red Dead Redemption 2 renders at 1080p or 1440p, depending on what data rate you are using, and is then upscaled to 4K on a Chromecast Ultra. Essentially, Stadia's 4K mode is actually processing fewer pixels than PS4 Pro on its biggest port. So what the heck is going on? Google said in a response that it gives developers the freedom to set the performance of their Stadia ports as they see it or excuse me, as they see fit, but Google said it expects performance to improve. Here is the statement. Stadia streams at 4K and 60 FPS, and that includes all aspects of our graphics pipeline from game to screen. GPU, encoder, and Chromecast Ultra out all outputting at 4K to 4K TVs with the appropriate internet connection. Developers making Stadia games work hard to deliver the best streaming experience for everyone. Like you see on all platforms, this includes a variety of techniques to achieve the best overall quality. We give developers the freedom of how to achieve the best image quality and frame rate on Stadia, and we are impressed with what they have been able to achieve for day one. We expect that many developers can, and in most cases will, continue to improve their games on Stadia. And because Stadia lives in our data centers, developers are able to innovate quickly while delivering even better experience directly to you without the need for game patches or downloads. End statement. What appears to have happened here is a disconnect between the promise of Stadia by its marketers and the reality of its port by developers. What is clear is that the Chromecast Ultra is outputting a true 4K signal, but did Google Stadia staff even know that Rockstar was rendering Red Dead Redemption 2 internally at 1440p? Question mark. Either way, the situation is not a good look for Google, and really, you'd expect more from the likes of Phil Harrison, who should have done his homework before promising all games at launch support 4K. This, of course, is from Eurogamer, which I believe I neglected to mention at the top of the story. Wowzers. That old Stadia is having a hell of a time. But, I mean, they did it to themselves, so. Yeah, you can't can't talk a big talk and then not back it up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's really frustrating. As we talked about this on the show last week when I went over my Stadia impressions, and everything in this article echoes what I experienced firsthand. I really struggled to get any game to come close to what looked like 4K, let alone true 4K, which obviously isn't happening. Now, I know that there's a lot of, like, you know, nerds pushing up glasses about the differences between 4K and and scaling and native and checkerboard and all of that, right? And obviously, that makes a difference for a very specific type of consumer, to the naked eye, there isn't like a huge difference. I think the real problem here, as it always seems to be with these, is that it comes down to messaging, right? It comes down to saying, hey, we're going to be guaranteeing 4K 60, but in reality, they're not. I And this is something that I specifically reached out to several PR teams about to say, you know, I know that the hardware is capable of doing 4K 60, but if the developer isn't pushing a build, that is running at 4K60, then it's never going to achieve that ultimate resolution anyway. And so this is the thing I think that's really frustrating because I was chatting about it with some people online and I think the sentiment is that Google really threw their developers under the bus here. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. And, <laughs> yeah. And it's it's like, yo, maybe Destiny 2 and Bungie were your flagship partner. Maybe you don't want to throw them under the bus here because they were one of the few studios willing to launch with you. Yeah, my Stadia came in and I opened it and then promptly like put it into one of my rooms that I like never opened. It was just 
you know, like like I said, I'm not planning on touching it until Darksiders Genesis comes out, and that's going to be, I think, the first real test where I'm like, okay, I know everything's been botched at launch for the most part, but this is going to be your one chance to make it seem okay. And if it's not, then which I'm really not banking on it. I guess I'll just be playing on Steam. But yeah, did you claim your name? No, I don't even care that much. Oh. Oh, okay. I didn't either. Like, I, I just like, don't. Yeah, it's like, eh, this is not going to be a main platform for us. So, yeah. yeah. Do I need my I mean, name I, there? Probably not. I mean, I hope that someday it can become something really amazing. But I think, you know, people are worried that Google as a company has a long history of taking projects that aren't successful within the first 18 months and really just putting the kibosh on them. And, We've seen that with a number of Google's products, but I'm hoping that with the amount of money that they've invested in this, that they'll at least see it through this generation. I don't know how realistic that is. It's more of a hope than anything, because I think the promise of Stadia is cool, but it's just not there yet, you know, and it's it's going to be a rocky road for at least the first 12 months, and I just wish that they had not botched it the way that they had, you know, I just, mm-hmm. I think we're going to look back on this as one of the most kind of weak console launches in the history of video game consoles. Yeah. And so I know a lot of people are comparing this with on live, but I think like you said, it's Google. They have a metric fuck ton of money. They have Jade Raymond. They have these studios, you know, they're working on stuff internally. So I don't think they're going to squash it. I think they're definitely going to write it out until the point where it's like, okay, we have everything where it needs to be, but was it worth it? Is it going to be worth supporting? And then at that point, I think it's when they're going to make the call to continue or pull the plug. But, I'm well, I'm curious yeah. because I mean uh, I mean I have worked at Google and are honestly like a lot of tech companies. And the problem you run into is that a lot of engineers that work there, in order to get promoted, need to move on to other projects. Like mm. once they've launched a thing, I mean maybe not quite yet because it's not where it needs to be, but. In order for them to actually get promoted, like they need, they need to build something new. It's there's very little in place to have people stick around to improve infrastructure. There's no incentive for them, so that's the part where I'm like scratching my head a little bit to see how this will go. Because in my head, I'm like, if no one is incentivized to stick around, like the engineering talent who would take to build this. What are you, what, what you going to do? I mean, that's part of why I think Google has sunsetted so many of its projects that it's dumped a fuck ton of money into is because there's just mm-hmm. <laughs> like when you have like this much churn on your, your dev team, it can get really difficult to look at other people's code and figure out what they were even trying to do. And if they didn't leave any notes that are like telling you. You're kind of You're fucked, effed, man. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> mm-hmm. it's so. I mean, I'm not saying that's necessarily going to happen here. I don't know. I don't know how the team's built. Maybe they've got everybody on board for a certain amount of time, but it is just a problem I've seen before. Um, so I would be. I'm. I'm mm-hmm. not like holding my breath here. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. I don't blame you, but yeah, they're definitely going to have a whisper of a holiday season when it could have been. Could have been so much more. Could have been uh, They me. did announce a new, another exclusive. Oh. Um, I don't know if you ladies saw this. I do so, not think so. Let me pull this up. I just heard about the Chromecast Ultras overheating and shutting off. 
That's the oh, latest. No. I, yeah, and, and Google's trying to tell them, like, tell the people, the customers, like, that's not a known issue. And they're like, dude, I can't even touch it. It's so hot. Dude, Google customer support is hilariously bad. It's the worst. <sighs> First-hand experience. Um, Stadia's latest timed exclusive game is arcade co-op platformer Spitleans, which is huh? coming in 2020. Uh, 9 to 5 Google wrote this up. Uh, they talk, of course, about the 22 titles that Stadia launched with, which we already covered. This game is being developed by Massive Mini Team and published by Handy Games. You take control of a spitling, a charming rectangular creature with teeth it can spit and use to jump. The control of the game is to clear each level of bubbles by popping them with your spit. Gross. <laughs> that sounds like a console seller if I've ever heard one. Ha ha ha. Sorry, that I mean, weird. it sounds like a really quirky, fun, local sure. couch co-op it game. It won't if destroy only... your data. That's what it's good <laughs> it for. Right? If only, like, the Stadia controllers worked well together. Yikes. <laughs> oh, well, well. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at it. I mean, yeah, cute. But, again, whatever. We've, we've beat this horse a million times. The boar horse is, like, nothing anymore because we've beat it so many times. But uh, yes. it's, it's, I'm with you. Yeah. Let's look forward to Dr- Darksiders Genesis. Let's hope that it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. And that by then, which is a couple weeks from now, <laughs> something will have Holy shifted. shit. Is, uh, wh- it's only is a couple weeks? <gasps> God. I'm pretty sure it's out in December. Let me the double check. Time is going mighty fast. <laughs> well, I mean, it's November 26th today. I'm, oh, wait. I lied. It's out it's, tomorrow? No. no Steam says December 5th. December 5th? For Steam. Okay. I'm assuming That's it's launching the same time. That's... It is, supposedly... That's crazy. I just keep, I think, I keep forgetting that it's so late in November and I keep thinking December is a few months away. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> oh boy. That's going to be fun. I wonder if the buddy pass is working by then. <laughs> oh. oh, I forgot oh. that wasn't working. I haven't even checked. Let me pull up the app right now and see if I can get it to work. Let's see. Um, yeah, that was, that was another thing that I thought was really frustrating. <laughs> I was like, wait, where's my buddy pass? And it's like, what? Nope. You no have no buddies. <laughs> No yeah. friends for you. <laughs> I don't have any friends. Okay, it looks like it's now available. Um, oh, it works now? Well, this is an article 9to5Google put out. Oh, look it. Your buddy pass is ready. Two Yay. days, yeah. Breaking okay. news. Your buddy pass works. Thank God. Hooray. <laughs> you now have buddies again. You're allowed to have friends. Good. Good, good. It says they need good internet up, but won't Millhouse. need a Stadia controller. Does that mean that they've added controller they've added support? Uh, Bluetooth controller support already? I don't know. You can give me the buddy pass and I can see if it works. It's true. I could. I don't know. I'm, I'm also trying to figure We're this. actively researching news on the show, ladies and gentlemen. That is the commitment what's good games as to not <laughs> getting it wrong. This probably will never happen again. <laughs> I'm like, while you guys are looking it up, I could read the next story. Please do. Go for it, Steimer. Cool. Oh, All right, this yeah. is the one I believe oh. Brittany will grunt through. Sources, <laughs> Resident Evil 3 Remake in development. This comes to us from Eurogamer. Capcom will follow its successful Resident Evil 2 Remake with a new version of Resident Evil 3. A report today on uh, 1122 suggests this comes from YouTuber Spawnwave, who said it was on track for a 2020 launch. Eurogamer has heard of the project as well. Sources close to its development suggest that it has been in development for some time, although the franchise's upcoming multiplayer portion, Project Resistance, is currently being given the spotlight. 
Development on the game has been hinted at, more or less, by Capcom itself in the past. The developer suggested more remakes of its classic back catalog would follow if Resident Evil 2 sold well. And considering the very positive fan response to the brilliantly creepy Resi 2 redo, the fact that Resi 3... I like that they changed it to Resi now. (laughs) (laughs) Resi 3 is in development should be a little surprise. It's terrifying Mr. X was a standout, and the modding scene went to town, putting him in a thong, and turning him into... Thomas, the tank engine. Yeah. Capcom declined to comment when contacted <clears throat> by Eurogamer. Honestly, just, Thomas, the tank uh, engine mods are God's gift to this world. I agree. The Skyrim one is amazing. 10 out of mm-hmm. 10. This is amazing. 10 out of 10. He should just be every villain in every video game. <laughs> it's Thomas, the tank engine coming at you. The next Zelda game you were expecting Ganondorf. Oh my Choo-choo. God. How amazing would that be? Think of we modded Zelda Breath of the Wild and there's just a choo-choo train in there. And he's like, hark, hark. It was not really about the train sounds, but you know, you get my drift. I, I picked up what you're putting down, girl. Yeah. Um, oh God, thanks for talking because I needed a minute to catch my breath. I danced during the whole segment and apparently I'm very out of shape because now I'm... Winded. I'm trying to. I'm a little winded. I thought you've been walking on the treadmill with Pokemon. Girl, I've been running. I've been doing the gym shit. I guess I'm just need to get my dancing cardio like going. If that's a thing, I don't know. My body's not used to twisting. Hit those Zumba classes. Fuck, I guess so. So yeah, obviously this is very exciting. It's not surprising. Uh, this has been hinted at, like the article said. Right after Resident Evil 2 released, Capcom was saying, hey, if you really want to see Resident Evil 3, let us know. But my guess is that into development of RE2 Remake, they were looking at it thinking like, actually, this is turning out pretty well. If this 2020 rumor is to be believed, that would it would make sense that this game has been in development much longer than we would have thought. A lot yes. of folks thought that, you know, RE3 hadn't been under development until Capcom said, you know, hey, if you want this, let us know. A lot of people took that as like, oh, they oh, haven't no, even started no. working on Children. it yet. I know. It's a cute little hype move, friends. That's what they yes. do. Uh, it's just like, do you want the thing? We've already been making this. Yeah. Please tell us that you want it. Yes. <laughs> Please no, this confirm is... so we can make new projections. Thank you. Goodbye. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Simon. I love Pretty you. Pretty much. Pretty much. But this is really exciting. So Resident Evil 3 is kind of odd in the sense that it takes place before Resident Evil 2 and after Resident Evil 2. And it does things a little differently. It it takes place in Raccoon City before the new comes and obliterates everything. Spoilers. And there are some really cool locations to check out. There's a hospital. There's a printing press. There's more of just downtown in general. And it's one of the best looks we get at Raccoon City. And if you're a nerd like me, you love that kind of stuff. It also does this item, weapon, and puzzle randomizer. So you never really know which... In RE3, I think this was the only one that did it. You never knew when you would get like a rocket launcher versus a magnum. Or where you'd find some gunpowder. Or what the solution to a puzzle would be. So that kind of you know made the replayability really high. And I think this is incredibly exciting. And I'm excited for everyone to see and meet Nemesis. If you thought Mr. X was scary, just wait. Um, I saw your tweet about it. He's going to be Thomas the Tank Engine pretty soon after <laughs> Maybe lunch. that's what we need to do for you, for you to play the game, Simer. Honestly, if they were all Thomas the Tank Engine, like there was a Thomas the Tank Engine on the ceiling and it was a liquor, that would be great. I would absolutely play that. I think that'd be scarier for me, actually. No, I mean, it's more <laughs> disturbing, but yeah, the picture is less terrifying to me. Like, the liquor's face was just a nope. So, if it's Thomas, I mean, it's weird, it's creepy, but it's not a total nope-out situation. 
Okay. So I feel like I could shoot him with a shotgun and it's a train. It doesn't make any sense, but that's okay with me. (laughs) But that's how your brain accepts it. That's how it's like, okay, My brain accepts it because it goes to so like bizarre that it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But anywho, yeah. So this is cool. I mean, I'm not, again, not surprised. And I think they could do some really cool things. There's also choices you get to make in this game. You know, when the nemesis is coming after you, it's like, do you want to fight him or do you want to run? So we can probably, we'll probably see some quick time events. (laughs) Always run unless you want to get some good weapons, parts and whatnot. Oh, I mean, I'm just going to pay the $5 and get the unlimited weapons. Smart. If they do do that again. I would 100% pay for that up front because nemesis is no joke he just chases you everywhere and he just says stars the whole time i hope they record more versions of him saying stars because he's going after the stars wait he what do you mean he just okay sorry i'm like i'm like nerding out okay special tactics and rescue squad i think is what it's called and that's what jill valentine is a part of what um chris redfield's a part of it's it's the team in the first game and basically, they are unraveling Umbrella's secrets. So Umbrella sends Nemesis to come and kill all of them. And so he just goes around the entire game going, stars. And he just says that the whole time, and it gets very annoying. What if we dubbed it with, oh, my, starry at surprise, sundown, sunrise, <laughs> it's all night. I love you. <laughs> I think, okay, that's what that's going to be. It's going to be Thomas the Tank Engine that. singing that song, and it's going to be brilliant. It's going to be so good. Everyone will play this game. Capcom, please hire me. (laughs) Simon, I think you need to be a consultant. Clearly. I would love to be a consultant on this game. I will make it way better. For the baby mode. (laughs) What's kind of interesting, though, too, is if this article is to be believed, is Project Resistance. I'm kind of surprised if if the if all the focus is going toward that. I feel like we really haven't heard much. Granted, they just announced it not that long ago, and it was playable at XO19. But it's not really ringing a lot of bells, if you know what I mean. It doesn't seem to be building up a lot of hype. It's interesting because they just announced a single-player offline mode. So Project Resistance is that 4v1 asymmetric multiplayer game where someone plays as the Mastermind and you have the four survivors. And the Mastermind tries to fuck them up by placing zombies and traps and other things throughout the levels. And the survivors have to work together to get through them. Um, It sounds like there's an offline mode coming, which kind of slipped past me, which could be interesting. But yeah, I feel like this game isn't just making a lot, you know, it's not getting people hyped. It's not there's making some, waves. Not making waves. And there's a thought that perhaps this could be a multiplayer mode to Resident Evil 3 Nemesis remake, which I think is just a really bad idea. But who knows? So not any, me. Anywho, I think it's cool. It's cute that people are saying Resident Evil 3 could make Resident Evil could win another Game of the Year award next year. And it's like, no. That probably won't happen with Tilu and Cyberpunk, but if it yeah. does come out in 2020, late for 2020, that would be awesome. Nomination, maybe. Oh yeah, totally, 100. percent But I just can't. And this isn't me trying to shit on it, obviously. But no, I you know. Yeah, no, I hear you. Anyhow, I'm, up I'm just I'm getting all ahead of myself because I'm all excited. But we'll see if this comes out next year. Very cool. If even if it comes out in 2021, I'd still be ecstatic. You know what I'm excited about? The next news story. God damn it, Simer. No, it's okay. We need to move on. I'll be here all night. <laughs> Um, So one thing, I want to just quickly remind people that I did look up (laughs) what the Stadia compatibility is. I'm not going to go through it all, but there is multiple ways to connect um, Stadia with Bluetooth controllers. But right now, it's mostly just through Google Chrome on a computer. And because the the connectivity goes through your PC or or your laptop. If you want to use the Stadia controller through Wi-Fi connectivity only, 
which is the Google preferred way. It only works on your television with the Chromecast currently. Okay. Anyway, there's a whole grid. You can check it out if you're interested. Mm-hmm. Anyway, continuing on. Xbox Scarlet won't focus on VR because nobody's asking for it. <laughs> this story <laughs> comes from Vindicated. IGN. <laughs> Microsoft says that virtual reality isn't a focus for Xbox Scarlet as there isn't enough demand for it. Vice President of Gaming at Microsoft. Also, that's not true. He's, well, okay. He's the, is he the Vice President of Gaming? I thought he was the EVP. To I Google machine. remember what his title that is. That seems not like a high enough title for Phil Spencer. He's the head of Xbox. Um, has said in a new interview with Stevier. Sure, why not? Stevier? Stevier? Um, I don't know who this person is. Sorry. I apologize, Steve, if that's your name. Um, at X019, XO19, that virtual reality isn't a big part of next-gen console, Xbox Scarlet. We're responding to what our customers are asking for. Nobody's asking for VR, Spencer said. The vast majority of our customers know if they want a VR experience, there's places to go get those. That's not how Phil Spencer talks. Uh, We see the volume of those on PC and other places. It's not just that Xbox players don't expect to have VR games, though, IGN writes. Spencer has said that Microsoft's decision to push aside VR for now is due to the fact that nobody's selling millions and millions of VR units. It's a lie. I think we might get there eventually, Spencer said, but yeah, that's not our focus. Also, I'm going to take a moment to pause in the center of the story here. That is just categorically false. Yes. Um, <laughs> Very Sony false. Sony has released the sales numbers for PlayStation VR. They're at 4.2 And they're million. definitely in the millions and millions. 4.2. <laughs> Continuing on, yeah. this comes after Valve announced the VR exclusive Half-Life Alex to much hype, though that's only going to be available on VR headsets that run on PCs. As to Sony's stance on VR going into next-gen, there's not much to say other than the PlayStation 5 will be backwards compatible with PS4's VR hardware and games. Whether we see a new PSVR headset for the PS5, well, there's no word on that yet. Well, I'm, I, on the, I'm, I'm with Phil Spencer. You don't need it. <laughs> don't bother. Everybody else has this market. It's fine. No, I'm, I'm with you, Simer. I think there's a lot of things xbox should focus on going into the next generation and i don't think vr is one of them not yet i think sony's had a lot of success with psvr they've been in a position where they can kind of show people hey look at this amazing dessert to go along with your other dessert that is the playstation 4 that doesn't make any sense but i hope you pick up what i'm putting down but yeah i think if xbox were to be like hey here's xbox vr cool where are the games for your main console in the first place yeah i think that it's smart of them to be like you know what we are not we are picking and choosing our battles. This is not one we're going for because, you know, as you said, PlayStation is already in such a strong, they have a strong footing right now. Mm. They have great studios producing fantastic games. If they produce, you know, another console that's even remotely like what they did with PlayStation four, they'll be just fine. Um, and they still have the PS, uh, VR from PS4 gen. So really they kind of don't even need to, reiterate it that much if they don't want to but i do know that they're all tech nerds over there so they probably will (laughs) (laughs) ah yes new gadgets (laughs) Uh, but um yeah i think this is smart of spencer and they really need to be focusing on their first party portfolio if they want a shot at next gen it's cute today shuhei yoshida from sony tweeted of he tweeted like a little emoji and then with a little thought bubble that says we oftentimes work hard to make things that no customers are asking for them obviously (laughs) the grammar's a little off but you pick up what he's putting down dreams (laughs) 
Yeah, no, what's what's interesting, I mean, let's be honest, PlayStation has spent literally millions of dollars making games that nobody has bought. So, I mean, yeah. I don't know if Shuhei, as much as I like him as a person and he is a fantastic um, innovator in the video games industry and has been great. At the same time, it's like, yo, you guys have spent a lot of money wastefully. Um, <laughs> so I just want to, like, clarify something first. IGN got Phil Spencer's title wrong, which is crazy. He is, as I thought, the executive vice president <laughs> of gaming at Microsoft. Um, so IGN, Oops. you should be better at your copy editing. Next, um, this original source article that IGN sourced is from Steve Wright. They said that there was a follow-up quote. Um, his, uh, Phil Spencer said, yeah, with a frown. I don't love my quote there because I'm not trying to demean the work that people in VR, that people are doing in VR. He said, following up to his statement, Mm. he says, I have some issues with VR. It's isolating. And I think games as a communal kind of together experience, we're responding to what our customers are asking for and nobody's asking for VR. So that's the pull quote there, right? The vast majority of our customers know if they want a VR experience, there's places to go and get those. Um, He says, I think we might get there eventually, but yeah, that's not where the focus is. So I just wanted to give a little bit more context Mm. for, for what Phil Spencer said, but Steimer, you're right. Like VR just hasn't. It hasn't hit. I mean, it's it's sold enough units and has garnered a very niche audience within the lot, larger gaming community. But I think that I stand by what I've always said about virtual reality, that its practical applications are really going to be the most exciting in fields other than video games. And I think that the things that medicine is doing in VR, that interior design is doing in VR, you know, that... Um, all kinds of other uh, exploration and travel um, you know, industries are doing in VR. I think that's the kind of stuff to me that's really exciting about virtual reality. I agree with Spencer that VR gaming experiences do feel isolating. And that's why I generally don't play VR more than like 30 to 60 minutes at a time. And normally when I boot up my console, I can sit down for three, four, five, 12 hours at a time. <laughs> nerd. Lose an entire day there. Yeah, no, totally. Exactly. And even if you are quote, like playing alone and it is quote unquote isolating, like on your couch, it just feels different than if you're strapped into some matrix like shit. <laughs> but yes, that's fair. Yeah, no, I, and I agree with you, Andrea. I do think I'm not, I just dislike VR games. I do think that they, it will have, it will be an interesting tool for other fields to use. And I think even like accessibility wise, it's really interesting, but just for me and video games, I'm like, meh, not a thing. There are some cool experiences on it. Beat Saber's awesome. Yeah. And, I mean, there's, uh, I mean Res we've really talked cool, about a bunch on this but, show, right? Yeah. Like we've talked about Moss. We've talked about Astrobot rescue mission. We've, Talked about, as you mentioned, Beat Saber and there's Trover Saves the Universe and Asgard's Wrath and a whole bunch of others that are doing cool things. But to say that they have penetrated the video game industry in the same way the traditional console sales have is just, you know, a categorical misrepresentation. Not that anybody has said that. But, right. Okay. Yeah. You know, that's why people aren't spending money. It was interesting. I was watching Matt Pescatella's Twitter feed because he was commenting a lot about this this week, of course. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar, he works with the MPD group and knows a lot about video game data and video game stats when it comes to, to numbers and sales and things like that. And he was talking about how, you know, it's a, a super niche within a niche when it comes to the amount of sales that are in VR. 
Certainly from a software perspective, obviously we just talked about PSVR selling, you know, millions of hardware units. I don't know if we have updated numbers from Valve or from Oculus on where they're at. As I don't believe so. October 2019, the only number I was able to pull was Oculus Quest has sold 400,000 units. See, I mean, that's great, but it's not very many, right? Yeah, Compared when you're comparing to, it yeah. to, yeah. You know, and you think about how many Nintendo Switch lights are going to sell in the next 60 days. Oh, my God. I don't know why I <laughs> want one. I'm not going to buy one, but I do want one. <laughs> I, would. I thought we talked about buying one for science. Uh, I don't know. We've talked it's, about doing a lot of shit for we, science. That we has have come to done fruition. A, yeah. You know, science is not really our friend, apparently. It hasn't come through for us. <laughs> Maybe we should start doing things for shits. You know, not for science, but for like shits and giggles. Okay, there we go. For Maybe now. we'll have better luck. <laughs> I was like, if you say the whole phrase, the whole phrase out, is much like, better just than doing just it part shits. of it. I, I clarified. <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> oh, right. Shall we move on? Or were you going to yeah, finish yes, your we thought? Shall. Okay. No, go for it, Britt. <clears throat> Battleborn is shutting down. Game removed from digital source. This comes from Polygon. 2K Games is sunsetting Gearbox Software's online multiplayer game Battleborn, which will go offline and become unplayable in January 2021. The publisher announced the game's end in a series of tweets and an official support notice on 2K Games' website. The sunsetting process has already begun. 2K has removed Battleborn from digital storefronts, and the game is no longer available to download from the PlayStation Store, Steam, and Xbox Game Store. 2K is ending virtual currency sales, Platinum and Battleborn, as of February 24th, 2020. The game servers will remain active, and the game will continue to be playable until January 2021, according to 2K. But after that, Battleborn will no longer be playable, including the game's single-player campaign. The publishers say it's ending support for Battleborn to, su- to focus its efforts and resources on other projects. Does that sound like Paragon? Huh? Huh? Battleborn oh, launched man, on ouch. PS4, Windows PC, and Xbox One in May 2016 to mixed reviews. The hero shooter was praised for its ambition, but critics knocked Gearbox's game for being grind-heavy and overly complicated. Battleborn also had the bad luck to launch just prior to the much more successful Overwatch, to which it was frequently compared. Battleborn went free-to-play in June 2017, and Gearbox released the game's final content update the following September. Rip. It's wild to me that they released the final content update in September, but they're going to keep the game going until the end of 2020. <sighs> I mean, I wish Paragon had had that kind of time. Me we too. only had like two or three months Same. before Epic was like, um, so we're gonna pull the plug on this. Hope you have fun. Okay, That's bye. how I feel with Asheron. That's what happened with Asheron's call too. They're like, hey, we promised this game would be around forever. JK, we're pulling the plug. You have like a month and a half. And it was so sad. I, I'm i still surprised they were supporting Battleborn, to be frank. Um, I actually thought Battleborn was underappreciated. I enjoyed my time playing it. But there's just one too many live service games out there to keep up with. And this one clearly just didn't resonate with me the way that a lot of other games have. Um, I think it's you know reductive to say that it's similar to Overwatch. I think they're wildly different games. And the only thing that they had in common really was maybe a similar art style and the fact that they used a hero system. But Overwatch didn't create that style. So it's um it's interesting that 2K is just now making the call. I, and I just pulled the plug at the end of this year. I mean, I appreciate I it. Think at least may, I mean, they may be covering their asses legally if they're not trying mm. to issue refunds or do anything like that, then mm. it's like okay, you have to do a much slower sunsetting process. I think cuz like with Paragon, technically didn't you you could get a bunch of refunds for that. Oh yeah. Yeah, I submitted so for a I refund. Don't, it doesn't say anything about that 
here, which leads me to believe maybe that is part of why it is taking a year, a full year to sunset. Is like, okay, we're just going to shut this thing off. You can't buy it anymore. And then after a certain amount of time, spend a currency. We are, we're in the clear. Um, and then peace out. <laughs> peace out, Girl Scout. I was on the Google machine refreshing my memory. And there's a lot of articles from 2016 when this game launched that were comparing. It was all, what's over Overwatch versus Battleboard? What's the best game? What do they have in common? Wasn't there something called Battle Cry? I don't know. It was canceled. So that was Got from it. Bethesda. Yeah, but I remember that. It never, it never came to fruition. Because that, so, that was the one I always confused Battleborn with. Because those were at the same E3. And it was like, Battlecry, Battleborn. And I was like, oh no, my brain I can't, can't do handle it. this. And now we have Outer Worlds. It's like Outer the Wilds. Outer Wilds and the Outer Worlds. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like, and I so, can't. I'm sorry. What was, it was fascinating to because i was just kind of briefly reading it and now i think in context we can look back and see how wildly different these two games are but at the time especially coming up to launch it, there was a lot of comparison pieces which one you should play why you should play this and i forgot that blizzard announced overwatch's open beta on the same day that battleborn released do you remember that move mm-hmm. yeah it's oh yeah no it was definitely a power <laughs> oh, move yeah. they came in and just swooped all of battleborn's potential audience so funny it was really unfortunate yeah. for them i felt bad for all the devs on that team who worked their butts off to to make this launch happen mm-hmm. but you know like that's the way the cookie crumbles what you're gonna do yeah and i found a tweet from randy pitchford who just tweet on march 7th 2016 he just said well shit just got real it's like yeah yeah it did uh-huh but you mm-hmm. uh-huh. blast from the past but you had a good run you did the thing speaking of cookies oh hell yeah <laughs> good job simer good so, job I'm, I'm gonna nail all these segues <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is a, a couple story. of people have sent this to me actually a go co- ahead Steimer. this is especially for andrea this this story mm-hmm. coming soon destiny the official cookbook uh this is uh just from the bungee store i think Brittany just copy pasted this mm-hmm. um but the official cookbook is filled with recipes inspired by the characters and locations seen throughout destiny's expansive universe Ela, eva levante friend c- confidant fashion advisor and unofficial granduant is that how you say uh, that i don't know uh, of all guardians has finally put her collection of recipes together for everyone to enjoy from the city, the tower, the farm, and the records, guardians and their ghosts have retrieved from the Golden Age archives throughout the solar system and beyond. These mouth-watering recipes mm-hmm. come with step-by-step instructions, I would hope so, and full-color <laughs> photos to help guide and inspire fans to go on their own culinary adventure. Mm, Perfect for all hunters, titans, and warlocks, Destiny, the official cookbook, is packed with amazing recipes and stories that celebrate the worlds and characters of Destiny. It is Thirty four ninety nine USD, and there is no release date yet. It just says twenty twenty. Yeah, it's available for pre order, and that's Grand Donk, by the way. Oh, Grand, Grand Donk. Donk. I like your uh, But also, the cover is fried chicken and biscuits, and some sort of deep fried hush puppy thing, and that looks delicious. That looks real good. So, Andrea, there is a lot of weird food items in Destiny. That I was going to ask. The one you. that I really hope is in here is. Cade's ramen like, because <gasps> there's a ramen stand in the tower. I'm like, now how you can make a Destiny cookbook and not put ramen in there? I even though making know. true ramen is a really, really hard, like, really difficult <laughs> process. Yeah. That's a that's a dish you go out for or <laughs> really go out for because anytime I order it in, it's annoying to have the noodles separate and they got to put it all together. It's like just not as good. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, in making the stock, the the broth for the ramen is really like the true like art form of it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's 
you know, the noodles as well make a big difference, but it's really all about the broth. That's not, you know, you can't do that in a day. You gotta, you gotta let that stuff stew. I like these kind of but cookbooks. This is cool. They're fun. And I'll never use them. It. But I know there's a Skyrim one, obviously. There's an Earthbound one. Maybe you can make us some Destiny food, Andrea, because... I would love to. We'll make us. We'll make a whole stream of it. Really? Okay. Great. Why not? No, it's I'm down. Like, that right. sounds great. I'll just sit there and I'll set eat. Set up a camera in the kitchen. Put a couple lights up. Boom. Oh, I'm it into this. It might be really boring to watch because cooking takes a long time. That's okay. I'm, I'm down. Simon and I can just drink and banter, and it'll be great. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm really good at that. <laughs> it's like Between a top top, top three skill. <laughs> <laughs> top three skill okay um i just wanted to I'll, I'll talk i'll touch on the steam thing at the at the end um Brittany added one last story in here you want me to read it yeah baby uh, girl. I, I can. can just read the headline well, we're, we're going out of order so I, I was just slightly confused it's like we'll do the patreon names but i'll do it well <laughs> i wanted the steam thing to be the last story and then you like swooped in with this this little thing because chronological order you put things at the end you know i didn't want to like pretend like my story was more important than your story Oh, Sorry. right. Should I read this bad boy or are you? <laughs> I got it. Beat Saber is now an Oculus studio after a Facebook acquisition. <laughs> Facebook is acquiring Beat Games, the studio responsible for virtual reality. Make hit Beat Saber. That is a VR music game where players must hit flying boxes with glowing laser swords. Beat Saber had a blockbuster debut on Oculus, Steam VR, and PlayStation VR headsets. Now, Beat Games will bring its expertise to making VR experiences as an Oculus Studios first party team. Quote, Today we're announcing that Beat Games is joining us in our quest to bring VR to more people around the world. Oculus content boss Mike Verdu writes in a blog post. They will join Oculus Studios, an independently operated studio in Prague, continuing to create new ways for people to experience music and VR gaming. And if you are a Beat Saber fan, especially if you're playing on PSVR or with the Vive, this isn't anything to worry about. Beat Games is going to continue supporting Beat Saber on every platform moving forward. Most importantly, quote, uh, what the community has come to love about Beat Saber will remain intact. Beat Games will continue to ship content and updates for Beat Saber across all currently supported platforms, now with even more support from Facebook, said Verdu. There. This is great for Beat Games. They're a pretty small team, and they had a lot of success with Beat Saber, and so I think it's awesome that they're going to be able to continue to make really fun, cool VR games with the power of the Facebook bank behind them. There you go. Money, money, money. Money. I have money. dabbled in the Beat Saber, like I've talked about a few times, and it's a lot harder than you think it would be. It's, not it's easy. so fun. It's very satisfying, though. Yeah, it was slicing, slicing the, through blocks. Oh, yeah, it just feels good, man. But then you got to so, duck. Yeah, I'm and excited then your knees to see pop. you know what they come up with now that they got more moolah. It sounds bank. like the modding might be going away. Maybe I just can briefly skip no an article. No Thomas the Tank Engine. No Thomas. You can't slice Thomas's <laughs> face. Thomas faces as they fly toward you while listening to KDA. I'm sorry, Simer. Oh my god, that would be amazing. Well. If Facebook is taking ownership of it, that means that they would be liable for exactly. any potential copyright lawsuits that arise. So them covering their butts by not allowing people to mod in copyrighted content is not surprising. It's just a little disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Well, good job, friends. You did it. But music licensing is a thing. Oh, yeah. Um, so the last story that I had was just announcing that the Steam sale is here. Hopefully by now you have discovered this. I was tweeting about it earlier this week. Um, Steam sales are huge. It is the autumn sale and it runs through December 3rd. 
And they're essentially just calling it Steam Black Friday. So I believe this is different than the annual Steam holiday sale, winter sale, which happens later in December, typically. Mm -hmm. So the Black Friday sale is featuring 13,000 games. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. um, And... And that's not a that's not a typo. Thirteen thousand games are on sale, and you can get Steam controllers for as little as five buckaroos. Plus shipping. Still too, much, mo- Steam still too much money for that. I don't know. So, buy it. Is this the nipple controller? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's the one with the with the the touch pads that are like the little circular pads nipple that don't actually oh, yeah. have a raised D pad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like putting your thumbs around big areolas. Just imagine that. <laughs> Just I love you. Rotate it real nice. <laughs> <laughs> Gently though, not too yeah, hard. Yeah, okay? you can't. Otherwise, preferences. It's not good. You don't want any titty twisters up in here, okay? Nope. Listen. Not okay. Don't um, do it. <laughs> I remember when I was at CES and Gabe Newell unveiled this controller oh, yeah. and we all got to see it on, on site. And I was like, what the heck is this? <laughs> I'm glad in my mind this is up- where this story went. Because when you started off, I wasn't sure where we were going. No, it's true. They look like you nipples. think I was going to I don't say. know. We were just talking about rubbing a controller. And then you were like, when I was in Vegas. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I know. I thought you were going to tell a story about the time you got a titty twister. I don't know where it was going. No, 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 no. The Consumer Electronics Show. Yes, yes. uh, (laughs) Yeah, Valve and Steam used to have presentations at that show. Mm -hmm. A lot of video game companies did, but no more. Uh, One of the deals that I saw that I was tweeting about was that Portal 2, one of my top 10 favorite games of all time, is on sale for just 99 cents. That's insane. Still holding out hope that Portal 3 maybe sometime will be made. I know, right? It was so good. Uh, I'm a potato. Oh my god, that's still the best quote in all video games. <laughs> Hello, how are you? Because I am a potato. <laughs> oh, GLaDOS. Oh. Uh, so head on over there, check it out if you're interested in getting some cheap PC games that you're going to buy and then never play. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. Let's that's take... pretty much the fate of all Steam games from a sale. It's true. It's funny because it's true. All right, let's take our first break of the show. When we come back, we're going to talk about what we've been playing. Stick around. We'll see you in a minute. good everybody welcome back to the what's good games podcast this is the segment of the show where we talk about what we've been playing and hands-on impressions or maybe any preview events that we might have gone to so this week i'm sure you can imagine we're definitely talking more about pokemon but before we get to that i want to tell you that this week the hands-on segment is brought to you by logitech you guys i have been a big fan of logitech for a really long time We were talking about it on the show last week that we launched What's Good Games with Logitech gear and that we use their webcams, their mice and keyboards and have for a long time. And they've got this brand new G915 or the G915 wireless gaming keyboard. I've actually got it right here. Mm -hmm. I've been using it. And OMG, you guys. I'm going to have to hold it kind of sideways so you can see it all. (laughs) But what I love about it is that it's super thin. And it's wireless. This is the first wireless keyboard I've ever used. And I was worried at first that maybe there would be some, a little bit of lag or anything. And of course, <laughs> silly me, why would there be? It's an amazing piece of hardware. 
So the G915 is, of course, the most advanced gaming keyboard ever made. Logitech G has combined sophisticated design, cutting-edge technologies, and breakthrough engineering to bring the ultimate wireless gaming keyboard. The Logitech G915 is a new class of mechanical gaming keyboard featuring breakthrough light-speed wireless technology. With super-fast one-millisecond report rate, light-speed wireless makes issues like lag time a thing of the past. The G915 is engineered with LightSync, Logitech G's amazing next-gen RGB lighting. With LightSync, you can customize the lightning controls of any or every key and even synchronize your keyboard lighting to match the action in your games, music, and videos. Plus, it features high-performance mechanical gaming switches. Oh, you guys, there's just something... There's like that, like that je ne sais quoi, the feeling you get when you hear the little click, 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 click when you're tapping on a keyboard. And the, the clicking on this keyboard, there's just, it's, uh, <laughs> it's hard to describe. I don't know. I always get this, this feeling. I love typing because of the sound. And it might sound weird, but if you're out there and you have a mechanical keyboard, you feel me and you understand where I'm coming from. <laughs> um, but I want the thing I want to let you guys know about these brand new low profile switches is that they give you supreme gaming speed and accuracy if you're actually worried about your gaming performance and not just, you know, typing emails like me <laughs> at half the height of traditional switches. That means smoother, more comfortable key presses from your opening attack to victory. Or, you know, when you hit undo in Gmail because we've all done it. <laughs> premium quality inside and out incredibly thin beautiful aluminum alloy top plate ultra durable keys refined media controls and customizable g keys to execute complex actions with a single keystroke woo wee plus a rechargeable battery that powers you through even the longest gaming sessions with 30 hours of non-stop battery life and a quick three-hour charge Please, for your own safety, do not game for 30 consecutive hours. Oh, boy. It's not healthy. If you guys want to get your little mitts on this brand new Logitech G915 keyboard, you can get 10% off this keyboard or any of their products at LogitechG.com with that promo code What's Good for 10% off today. Again, that's 10% off all Logitech G products with promo code What's Good. And if you guys are interested in all of the Logitech stuff that we have, if you want to know what we use to do the production on the show, uh, just write us at contact at whatsgoodgames.com and I'll let you know. Like my, uh, my pretty pink Logitech G Pro Gaming mouse. Love it. It's real cute. Anyway, let's move on, shall we? And talk about what we've been playing. I believe I said something about Pokemon. Gotta catch it. Brittany all. Steimer, who wants to talk about Pokemon first? I finished. Uh, well, sword. she finished it, so <laughs> I can. I guess. Okay, I can pick up where we left off last time. So yeah, <laughs> last time we chatted, I think I had six out of the eight gym badges, and I got all of my gym badges. I became the champion, and I finished the game. My thoughts yeah, are more. You did yeah. Woo! You are the champion, my friend. Uh, yeah, so I am the champion, and it's a great feeling. My thoughts are more or less, you know, the same as they were last week. Maybe they dipped a little bit because I felt like toward the end of the game, things just felt really rushed. It was the idea of here's a cool looking new town, but there's literally nothing you can do there but battle a gym, and that was just like what? Why? It's a bummer. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, I'm not there yet, but, but I yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
so that was really stupid. There was a time where this major event was happening because I thought toward the end of the game, like the events that unfold were pretty like, oh, fuck, yeah, this is awesome. You know, got your blood pumping a little bit. But some major stuff was going down and someone was like, we evacuated everything. And then everyone is still where they were. You know, like the Poké Center is still playing their cheery music. Like for an event, just a major s- disconnect. Yeah, major disconnect, and no one's talking about this thing that's happening. You know, even after you finish the game, the NPCs still say the same thing they said at the very beginning of the game. So it's just again that feeling of disappointment. While the game is incredibly fun, and I think this is the most fun I've had with a Pokemon game ever. Obviously, Red and Blue has, like, nostalgia associated with it, but I think, you know, this is the best a Pokemon game has been. For me personally, anyway, it's just, it just has, it's still so old in so many ways. You know, it's, it's like, what? Yeah. You know, it's, you know what I'm it's saying? It's new, but it has an old soul. And that's one way of putting it, but it, it almost feels like, well, I think Game Freak did an incredible job, because like I said, my favorite Pokemon, not incredible, they did a great job, because it's still my favorite Pokemon game. It almost feels like... The passion might not be there, or maybe it's limited resources or something, because it's just weird how some parts of this game are just so blink and you missed it. And it's like, okay, well, that could have been a really pivotal moment. Or there's a dude that's supposed to be singing over here, and it's a cutscene, but he's just moving his mouth up and down and no sound's coming out because there's no act voice acting in this game. And it's like, what's happening here? This isn't an indie budget title. Like, this is a huge fucking deal. And yeah. Anyway, same thoughts I had last week. Eh. Now I'm filling my Pokedex. There's 400 yeah. Pokemon. I'm up to 266. I'm going to try to get them all, but we'll wow. see. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. I'm only at like a lot 30 of or 40. But yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, I hear what you're saying, Brittany. Granted, I am being that person who just sits and I'm like level grinding. Oh, no, I did that off. too. Yeah. So I haven't even, I just got to like the first, well, I didn't just, but I've been chilling at the first gym like for a bit and i've just been leveling up my pokemon my um my wow i've already forgot his name because he Bunny. he well he's not score bunny anymore he's the uh, the next one which is why i forgot because i don't remember what the evolution is but so he's evolved reboot reboot yes reboot. Um, like rabbit. So how could I have forgotten <laughs> that name and i'm just kind of like basically trying to level my team up to be ridiculously strong. So they're all like level 16 or 17. Nice. And I think the gym is going to be like level 10. I don't actually know. <laughs> but so good. Based on the people that I've been fighting, I'm like, I think I'm going to one hit KO a lot of these people. Which that's how I like to play Pokemon Me too. though. Yes. I, it doesn't maybe make a lot of sense to do it that way because there's no almost no challenge then at that point. But I, I like it. I like the feeling of being like slash and then you just watch their health bar drop. Me too, like, Samer. A bag yes. of rocks super satisfying um so so yeah so i feel like and i've been playing it in the mornings while i'm having like my coffee and my breakfast and it has made me late to work and by late to work i just meet i mean i have flexible work hours so it's really not a big deal i'll just and i just stay a little later but (laughs) i'm always like oh shit i usually am at work by this time and it's not a big deal but it's always i was like oh i guess i just want to sit here and it was great too because Obviously, for Pokemon, you don't really need the sound really a lot if you're just mm-hmm. kind of wandering around the wild area and trying to catch things. So I would yeah. play. I played a podcast, um, and I was just like, "Okay, great! I can now listen to a podcast, and I can sit here and play Pokemon and just like go around and catch all these new ones." Except 
so like I'm in the wild area and there's a lot of people that are my level and then there's like this one stupid <laughs> section of haunted ghosts that are like 28. Oh, I'm like, yeah. why are you there? The get out, get out of the- here. You're yeah. so strong. Why are you randomly like you're just a pocket of randomly hard enemies surrounded by a bunch of babies. I don't understand it. Yeah, it's kind of interesting how they did the wild area. As you're playing, you know, you're going to see big boys walking around and they're way too powerful. And even if you do encounter them, you can't catch them because your lack of experience or whatever. Basically, you're, the, yeah, the Pokemon you can the catch Pokemon is tied to, work. Yeah, it's tied to the amount of gym badges you have. So, you know, it, it's wise after you get a badge to go back to the wild area because now you can catch Pokemon that are maybe five levels higher than you previously could. But what's tricky about it is there's no way of telling whether or not the Pokemon are too powerful for you to catch before you encounter them. Right. No, that's a problem I've run into. <laughs> yeah. There's, you know, there's the Gastlies and the Haunters roaming around that you're talking about. And and then the other little, the little dude with the Drew weird mask. or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't catch them, but you have to encounter them in order to see whether or not you can catch them. So it's kind of a weird system. I feel like if there was a way for Game Freak to indicate whether or not you could catch them before you even approach them, because some Pokemon that spawn that physically are walking around, not in the grass, you still can catch but I found myself avoiding them because I just assumed they were OP. But then I saw Jason would catch it. I said, oh, I can actually catch that guy. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, because cause like, yeah, even if you encounter one version of it, it might be lower than another. Like there's right. just random variants of levels. I wish that there was some sort of indicator of like maybe they glow red if they're like 10 yeah. levels above you or something because... Yeah, I got caught away. out multiple like a, times. Like a skull? Yeah, yeah literally anything. Give me some sort of indication that this thing will kill me <laughs> because I, I am just like, oh, okay, that's a new Pokemon. Bloop, right? Like, and all of the people around it are similar level to me, and I have had no problem with them. It should be fine. Uh, and then they're ten plus levels above me. And I'm trying to run and I can't run because it keeps failing. And then it's like slowly but surely knocking out my Pokemon one at a time till eventually I can get out of there. And you're like, now I have to go back to the freaking Pokemon Center and revive all these people, which is a loading screen. And that's annoying. And it's all because (laughs) you didn't tell me that he was level 28. And if you yeah. just told me he was level 28, 28, I would have stayed away from him and I would have continued on my merry way in the stupid forest and found somebody else and I would have had hail pelt me and it would have been fine. <laughs> but you didn't. No. So hail now pelt. I'm trekking my ass back to town because my team is half dead. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's It was an interesting choice. You know, it's. Yeah, yeah. Like, like Andrea said, like a skull or, or some indicator. Like he said, flashing red would have been great, too. Yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, it's kind of surreal to have finished it. I feel like we've been talking about this game for so long now, and obviously we, Steimer and I have been very excited about it. And when the credits rolled, I was like, dang, like, we finished it. It's done. You know, I did the thing. So now, you know, you just kind of eagerly wait to see what comes next. And I know that won't be for many years, but... I think there's a lot riding on this next installment, but let's be real, no matter what they do, I think people are still going to buy the shit out of this game, and I think that's the issue, is that they, they're they not pressed to innovate. For yeah, all there's the, no incentive. Yeah, for all the controversy of, oh, Game Freak lied, the hashtag that was trending on Twitter, I mean, this game is going to sell a kajillion copies, and it's going to be a complete success, and as they always have been, which is why I feel like the push to innovate hasn't really been there. I would hope that they would do something to kind of dramatically change it going forward, but we'll see. Maybe bring on, you know, a different team to help co-develop it. Uh, who knows? But we'll see. 
completion. Yeah, I don't think it'll oh, change right. much at its core, but that's... Please, please do, though. Please. I mean, at least make us another Pokemon Snap. Oh, yeah, and why wasn't there, like, a photo mode in this game? Right, well, yeah, like, right. at least make Pokemon Snap mode in because the game. you can't really share things from the Nintendo Switch very easily. That's why. Well, yeah. Right? I mean, there's a screenshot button, which Fine, is nice if you want to use, like, logic, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's... Uh, but, no, but yes, but no. Oh, it's so confusing. I know, it's so sad. Nintendo just needs to get a lot of its online and multiplayer and, like, connectivity issues, like, in line before they're going to be able to iterate and on Pokemon the way that I think fans really want them to. And hopefully that'll come, you know, in the next couple of years. Hopefully sooner than that, you know, because... <laughs> I know that Nintendo is having a, a stellar year, but I think we all just want them to, you know, catch up a little bit with the, you know, online and kind of mobile and connectivity options that we're getting on a lot of the other consoles. So what if hopefully even if they didn't put Pokemon Snap mode in the wild area, you can camp. Why can't I take adorable screenshots of my little friends in my camp? Uh uh-huh. I know. I loved camping and making curry. I had such the biggest Motley crew. I had my Inteleon. I had my Galarian Weezing. I had my Magikarp. I had Pumpkaboo. I had the most ugly Pokemon, but they were my babies, and I loved them. That was a fun feature. Did you know yeah, if you click, cute. click the left stick, you can crouch to be to oh, lower yourself to sharp Pokemon? Yeah. I mean, my little Yamper, I threw the ball, and he went and got it, and he brought it back to me, and oh, it was so cute. So sweet. It's very cute. It and I, I'm... I'm enjoying having it be my morning coffee game. Yeah, it's a very therapeutic game. It's very calming and relaxing. You know, it's it's nothing stressful. It's, it's yeah. especially if you're like us and you like especially, to become way yeah. OP. <laughs> especially if you level grind ten levels above necessary. But yeah. it's really, really relaxing. But that's the, actually another thing is where it was mostly like I wasn't sure what level the gym would be. I knew it wouldn't be super high, but I was like, well, I may as well just. <laughs> level all these suckers up and then now i'm kind of at the point where i'm in that what is like the sunken cost fallacy where i'm like i've already mm-hmm. come this far i may as well just keep leveling them up because maybe i want them <laughs> all to be the next evolution of themselves yes. but i actually don't know when the next evolution for all of them is because i forgot that the starters have more than like all of your average bear pokemon so i, mm-hmm. I don't know when that's going to be but i'm like it must be just around the corner oh yeah and then you get hooked yeah. and then you're like level then, 30 yeah and then yeah, yeah. and you're like yeah. why haven't you evolved you or you get to ass. like level 50 and you f- learn that you have to trade those bastards for them to evolve or you have to oh tip your console God. upside down or you have to walk underneath the bridge there's some weird things going on in this yeah. game well you know are you still with us andrea he's still alive I mean, I'm not going to pretend that I didn't check out a few minutes ago. I saw it when it happened. (laughs) You just sort of stared into space for a little bit. (laughs) Listen, I, again, love that you guys are loving your time with the game. I still have full intentions of playing at least a third of this game. Uh, You know, that's optimistic, maybe. But it's going to be I'm bringing it bringing it on my switch when I go home uh, to Chicago for the holidays. But I do want to talk about another weird game. Mm. Death Stranding? Um, Jackbox? I want to hear about Steimer's time with Death Stranding. Yeah. Before I talk about the game that I've been playing. Okay. So I was like, I hadn't planned on playing this until I had a little bit more downtime. But I was like, actually, I just need to dive in here and see what this is all about. I've been hearing too much about it. It's very divisive. I'm curious to see which way I'm going to swing on this pendulum. And interestingly enough, I don't hate it. 
Like, it's weird. That's the what that was our feeling about it. Yeah, I was that, just. Like, I mean, there were certainly times that I got mad and I yelled at the at the TV, but I didn't. I don't hate the game. Mm-mm. John says otherwise, but that's that's a you and him thing. <laughs> it's because he only saw me in the moments when Brittany, Brittany and I were like drunk on too much bourbon, and I was like, "But why is this a thing in this game?" <laughs> <laughs> the true. only yeah. So I'm not. That super- wasn't all the moments. Go away, Peter Gallery. <laughs> oh john um but yeah so i've i've not played super long to to be you know fair Mm -hmm. but um i'm at like the i've done the first like major thing you need to do which is like the the first camp you need to connect or whatever um and so far i think sort of like pokemon it's just been kind of relaxed i mean it's not totally relaxing because there are definitely intense moments but the parts where you are doing the gameplay that everybody makes fun of where you're just hauling around a bunch of boxes. Um, I'm like, okay. And granted, I think I'm going to get sick of it, but right now I'm not. Mm -hmm. Um, And right now I'm just like, all right, let me pick up this piece of shit. All right. We got this box. We got this box. We got this box. How many boxes can I fit on my back? Apparently (laughs) 120 kilograms. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's so much. I was like, wait, kg? Wait, 120 kg? Like, I had to had to double check that that was what I was reading because I thought it was 120 pounds and it was not. Um, so to to people who aren't on the metric system, that is approximately 265 pounds. That's a lot. Of that Norman Reedus man. That's a lot of pounds on yeah. your back. Yeah, that's a whole person. That's a whole no wonder he person. needs to balance every time he takes two. No steps. wonder. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. So Samuel, do you find yourself wanting to go back and play? Uh, I do actually, but I think that's mostly because um, I'm really interested in this world and I want to mm-hmm. figure out what's going on. And I don't know that I will ever get that payoff because it's a Kojima game, and I feel like he always likes to keep things kind of nebulous. Um, or maybe that was just my <laughs> experience with Metal Gear Solid. But I, I'm curious about it. I think it's interesting and I just kind of want to dive into it a little bit more. And that being said, I also, it's no as dorky as it sounds. I do like the, the thematic of needing to come together. And mm-hmm. I like Norman Reedus's character because I feel like him a lot of times where it's like, no, I'll just go it alone. Like why, mm-hmm. why would I possibly need to be connected to other people? Um, so I kind of am, I'm personally relating to that and so i'm really curious to see where his storyline goes and see how he grows as a character um and i think the only thing that like i like to to make fun of a little bit is is the kojima shit where it's like dead man is guillermo del toro or whatever oh, like yeah. he, he like introduces everybody and i'm like here's the thing you have said before like you wanted or you like the idea of being a movie producer or whatever they don't do that shit in movies. They're not like, and this is Tom Cruise playing so-and-so. Like, as he <laughs> appears on screen. They don't freaking do that. And then I also wish, and this is, again, these are like the most minor of nitpicks, and they're mostly just funny, weird, quirky things. But um, when the soundtrack comes up, which, by the way, soundtrack so far is dope. I love it. Um, the songs come up, and I'm like, I appreciate that you are crediting these artists. I don't need this up here the entire time the song is playing. Can you leave, <laughs> can you leave it up for like a good 10 to 15 and then fade it out? <laughs> nope. There's a reason why lower thirds are a standardized thing. Yeah. I was just kind of like, okay, we don't, I don't, 
I don't I don't need it there the whole time. So I think that's the part that's sort of it feels at odds to me with what Kojima says he's trying to do. If you are trying to create an immersive experience and something that you really connect to, but you are constantly interrupting me with the soundtrack that is playing or introducing me to actors that are in your game. I, I, you're, you're disengaging me from that. You are reminding me over and over that this is a piece of art that you have created and not allowing me to fully lose myself in it. And so that's the part I just feel like mm. he maybe doesn't get or like, or maybe I'm not getting it. I don't know. To me, it feels at odds with what I think he is trying to do. Um, and it's not a huge deal. It's just something minor. Where I'm like, well, if you were trying to do that, why are you doing this? That's fair. Yeah. I hope you continue to enjoy it because I, I mean, I'm like I've said, very interested in the story. I think it's pretty neat what he's created. I, I like how it's such a weird world that doesn't make a lot of sense. And it's kind of like up to you to figure it out. I like that. and I appreciate that. But it's just the gameplay that I just can't bring myself to come back to because I just personally did not enjoy it. Some people found it relaxing. Some people liked it. And I hope you do. And you can continue playing it so you can give me the cliff notes before i just yeah. go on youtube um i mean i have it on i have it on very easy because i see mm. no reason to play this game on anything other than very easy um and i think the only so like the only time where my heart was like a palpitating was when you, <laughs> you have like your your crouch stealthy kind of shit and you're yeah. trying to avoid the bts which are the scary nebulous monsters that exist um and I see like all of the their dust or whatever. If you flash and you could like see them hovering over, and you're you're like, oh my god, I'm ah, like <laughs> crawling under you. Please don't notice me. I'm not here covering my mouth because that means that you can't hear me for some reason, even though my boots are making noise. But sure, why not? And then you're just kind of wandering. I think it's because they can't feel your breath. I mean, sure, I but know. my body is probably radiating heat. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, but I had to stop and I actually looked up how close you could get to them because I was nervous and I didn't want to accidentally trigger one of them. I wasn't sure like where the cutoff was for how close you could get before they attack you. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was, I just couldn't handle it. I was like, I need to know. So I googled it. I was I like, need to know. Please tell me. And they were like, You're fine. Don't just go forward. Just like, go. Okay. Okay. It's creepy yeah. at times. Game is it's disturbing. Super creepy. Yeah. Um, but man, I can't. It's again one of those worlds where I can't imagine actually living in it. Um, and I, I, I just I don't know what I would do. You remember how we always get those questions, like either to reader mail or in like Patreon Q and A, and people are like, "What video game world would you want to live in?" <laughs> not like, this not one. Not this one. <laughs> <I know. laughs> I would like to abstain from this version. <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> Get it away. But yeah, I mean, and again, I think I, I mentioned you to this, mentioned this to you, Andrea, but I was like, I'm really liking it so far. I also, at the same time, don't know that I can imagine 50 hours of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so whereas if it was if like a 25 hour game, I think I would be all for it. Yeah, I think that Death Stranding kind of shot us off in the foot a little bit in that. Um, they should have allowed people to, you know, maybe, you know, hoof it a little bit faster. I think that some of the fastest playthroughs I've seen, if you're not like attempting to speed run, of course, 
is like, you know, 25 to 30 hours oh if you're really just mainlining um, the campaign. But here's the thing. I, just for funsies, looked up what the full cutscene movies are mm-hmm. on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And the shortest one I found is 7 hours and 22 minutes. And the longest one I've seen so far is 11 hours and 17 minutes of just cutscene. <gasps> See, I'm okay with that. In this particular scenario, I'm okay with yeah. I actually prefer that because I don't want 50 hours of carrying boxes. Like, that's just not a thing I want to do. If you want to give me 40 hours of cutscenes and 10 hours of carrying boxes, I'm down. That's okay. That's a ratio I can live with. But yeah, uh, and uh, and I do think, I mean, I imagine that they'll incorporate more of the stealth kind of areas too, which should help break it up a little bit. Mm. Um, I think the main thing, I was really stubborn on this last one. So I made it to, the, I hoofed it all the way to this main town and it's like, well, you could drop these lost cargo here if you want, but like, it's not really where they're supposed to go. And so I want to be like, you know what? Screw it. On principle, I'm walking my ass back to the main wow. town and delivering these boxes. And I ran into like the post drops or whatever mm-hmm. on the way, which are apparently you can just drop these the packages off there. But then it's like, well, other people will, you know, pick this up Maybe. later and, and do y- your job for you. It was like sort of passive aggressive about it. <laughs> And I was like, is that necessary? And also fine. I will I will lug I will lug 120 kg on my back for 12 miles because you're giving me shit about this and I oh, feel attacked. God. I feel attacked. <laughs> guilted you. Well, that's they so super funny. guilted me and it worked. Wow. I just said fuck that shit. I just dropped him off the first place I could. Oh my but, god! I don't know why. I don't know why I'm like no. I'm going to do. Maybe you're the kind of person this game is for because they know how to I, push your buttons. I don't <laughs> imagine it will happen for very long. I imagine at some point I'll be like, oh screw it, fine. I'm putting it in the post box. But yeah, yeah. This first round, I'm like, on principle, I will deliver it back home. <laughs> I will do it. Why? Don't I? I don't know. Doesn't make any sense. Well, if you felt satisfied at the end of it, maybe it was all worth. I it haven't saying. done it yet. I have to hoof it back. Oh oh oh. Well, good luck. I with gotta that. gotta climb up <laughs> climb up the mountain. Now I just crouch all the time. Well, only if you have like the full stack ladder on your back. Mm-hmm. Basically, <laughs> I'm like always crouched, and then I'm always gripping my backpack. Me too. I have L two R two always pressed, and just like so slow. Around. And I'm just like bottom, bottom, bottom. I'm walking through the flat lands. There's a rock. I climb up. Death Stranding. Cyber, I think if you should be a consultant for Capcom and Resident Evil 3, you should do Death Stranding. I like all yeah, of your I'm game sure ideas. I'm sure Kojima would love me. I mean, your ideas would not be the weirdest, so it's I don't true. know. It's very true. Oh my Everybody gosh. loves Cyber. Oh, yeah, it's true. Um, so, shifting gears quite a bit here. <laughs> um, I haven't played too much because I have been busy finishing overseeing the construction on the new studio, which is coming along splendidly. I'm very excited. We're in the finishing stages, you guys. (laughs) Kiwi. (laughs) So I'll give another update on Patreon if you guys are interested. But I did get the opportunity to finally play through all of the new mini games in the new Jackbox Party Pack 6. So my brother-in-law and his girlfriend came over to the house on the weekend and we had brunch and I was like, hey, you guys want to play a game? And I was like, oh, you know, I have 
the new Jackbox Party Pack 6 because we were gifted so many amazing codes for the extra live stream from the folks at Jackbox Games. Uh, thank you again to them for participating and for helping us raise money for the big, beautiful kids in Fargo, North Dakota. But we really only got to play Trivia Murder Party 2 one time on the stream. So I was like, I want to play the rest of these games. Because if you guys have never played a Jackbox Party Pack before, it's essentially just a collection of mini games that are really fun to play with a group. And they're really fun to stream because all you need to play is a mobile device or a laptop. But a mobile device is really the best way to play. And so you just have your phone in your hand and you pull up the browser, you go to jackbox.tv, you type in the room code, and then everybody with the room code can play. Now, depending on the type of game, you can either be one of the main players or you can be in the audience, but there's ways to participate no matter how you're playing, which I really like about the Jackbox Party Pack games. So Party Pack 6 includes five separate mini games. They are, of course, Trivia Murder Party 2, which I mentioned, Dictionarium, Joke Boat, Push the Button, and Role Models. And so Trivia Murder Party 2 is essentially what it sounds like. It's just a trivia game that really harkens back to the original Jackbox, where essentially it's just a really funny, witty trivia game. And so in Trivia Murder Party, everyone's assigned like this little like doll, stuffed doll with weird creepy eyes and like you're weird inside voodoo dolls, right <laughs> yeah exactly voodoo dolls is a perfect uh descriptor and you're in a haunted hotel trying to make your way out and only one player will make it out alive and for every correct trivia question you get right you move on and then if you mess up a question then you go to the killing floor <laughs> where you have to play yet another mini game to see if you can make it out and what's funny about it is that so many of the mini games within trivia murder party are just so arbitrary <laughs> that it really does not come down to trivia at all like your trivia knowledge if you win or lose it's just because the games are so i don't want to use the word sadistic because it makes it seem really evil but they're kind of mean-spirited <laughs> <laughs> Which is what makes it fun and funny. But I really like Trivia Murder Party. I think it's the It's like a lighthearted saw. Lighthearted yes. trivia saw. <laughs> it's like PG saw. Yes. <laughs> yes. I understand. Exactly. So it's better now. Um, and so it's fun. I really love that. It's probably my favorite of the pack. So the next game that we played was called Dictionarium. Did you guys ever play Balderdash? Mm-mm. That's I. Uh, sounds familiar, so maybe, but I don't Essentially, <laughs> essentially, the the game is you take a word or phrase that's completely made up and you create a definition for it. So in our game, we were given the phrase Yankee Moose Chase. And we had to come up with a definition for this phrase. And I don't remember the exact definition I came up with. I think it had something to do with an American like chasing an animal of some kind. And I can't remember like what it was, but the winning one came from my brother-in-law when he wrote, or maybe it was his girlfriend. When Americans get all hot and bothered for a Canadian. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) It's a Yankee moose chase. Um, That's actually a very, a very good. Yeah. That's cute. Yeah. So I thought it was funny. And then we had to come up with a synonym. And the synonym that won was maple thirst. <laughs> Ooh, I like if that If you're too, an American that's, that's hot and bothered for a Canadian, you got that maple, maple thirst. thirst. <laughs> I came up with the winning sentence, using it in a sentence, which was, after I got drunk in Winnipeg with those Mounties, I contracted some serious maple thirst. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
so it's 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 kind of a dumb fun game um um, a lot of the other games in jackbox really are about um improvising and being comfortable improvising and thinking on the fly thinking on your feet and sometimes lying like the game push the button and so when we saw this key art it's a drain hole like you would find like in a sink or in a shower you know, like the little grate mm-hmm. that it's on top of the drain. And there's these three, like, green tentacles reaching out of it. And I was like, what's going on there? Essentially what it is is they're alien tentacles. And <laughs> you and your friends are crewmates on a ship. And one person on the ship is a alien masquerading as a human. So when the game begins, it's very kind of resistancy or um, I think Werewolf was another game like that where you kind of have to figure out like who the who the is. bad person yeah. is, like secret Hitler and things like that. And so the idea is that one person is assigned the role of alien and everybody else is assigned the role of human and you're not supposed to share which role you have. And then you go through each of these rooms. One Every turn, one person is designated as the captain and then you can take two team members or we because we were playing with four people. But if you have more, you can play with up to 12, I think, in this, which would make it way more fun if they had more people because it was relatively easy to figure out who the alien was just amongst like the four of us. But with the bigger group, I could see it could get a little bit trickier. Essentially, you take them into a room and they get prompts. If they're humans, they get a very specific prompt. And if they're an alien, they get a different prompt. And so then the idea is that there's a question... And you answer it, but then both of the answers are shown at the same time. Ah. So then the game will say, this is what the human prompt said. And then it'll be like, this is what the answers were. And then you know if somebody has a really weird answer, you're like, hmm, (laughs) maybe they didn't get the prompt that they were supposed to get. And then it's all about if the humans can lie about being an alien and if the alien can lie about being a human and kind of tricking people and things like that and kind of to suss out. And then once you think you've figured out who the alien is, you can push the button. (laughs) And essentially what that does is it pushes the button to force the person you've accused to go into the airlock. (laughs) And you eject them. But if they are actually a human, the whole ship explodes. Oh no! Oh, so. <laughs> Stakes are high. In so this game. yeah, it's like game <laughs> so over. So either you eject the alien successfully, hooray, everybody lives, or everybody dies. That's usually <laughs> the way the it goes. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's um, it's a pretty fun game. Another game that they have is called Joke Boat, and this is so silly. It is hard to describe a little bit. So essentially. You are like a fourth-rate comedian. I don't even want to call you like a second-rate. It's like a couple of You're real bad. That. <laughs> and you are on a, like a shitty cruise line, and you have to tell jokes, and then the rest of the people vote on the jokes. Very similar to other Jackbox Party Pack games that have come in previous Party Packs, everybody gives prompts. Kind of like it being at an improv show where the – Actors on stage will say, okay, I need a mm-hmm. noun. I need a place. I, I need a color, you know, things like that. And then the audience will yell out prompts. On your phone, everybody types in a bunch of prompts and then the game kind of mixes them up and passes them out. And then you have to write two jokes. Uh, and this is the game that I found to be the most difficult because you actually have to write your own punchline. They do a lot of the setup for you and you can take a, an option that says write the joke for me for half the amount of points, but the jokes that the computer writes for you are kind of lame. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, computer's doing its best. (laughs) Yeah. 
Right, exactly. So that it's that trying. game I thought was Yeah, no, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no. off. I was gonna say that I think that that game is really fun if you have the right group of people. Mm-hmm. Because if you get people that are, you know, really funny or are great at comedy writing or things like that, then you can get some really funny jokes. Or it, like your Jackbox party pack session might just end up like most of mine do and just all of the jokes go straight to the gutter. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's like everybody laughs about pooping. Everybody laughs, laughs about boobs. <laughs> Hooray. Let's just, you know. It sounds like my new favorite game. That everybody laughs about. But so that game was probably not one of my favorites just because it's so challenging because you have to write punchlines for jokes like on a timer. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. And then the last game was Role Models, which I thought was really interesting because it essentially takes these stereo archetypes and assigns them to pop culture topics. And you play this quiz-like experience and then you're assigned specific roles and then those roles have like an alternate uh, personality type to go with them. For example, one of the quiz rounds that we did was just dubbed Frasier, kind of like Jeopardy. There's like these categories that you can pick. And they all are giant Frasier fans. And I'm like, I've seen like three episodes of Frasier in my whole life. Don't judge me. Um, every time I say that, John's like, I can't believe you haven't watched all of Frasier three times. And I was like, I don't know, man. It just wasn't my I mean, thing. Frasier was good, but it's not like Seinfeld level. Ooh, shots fired. Just saying. Like, there's shots. And whatever. Well, I'll argue yeah, with, anyway. with John about this later. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> the game was essentially that they picked characters from the show and then you have to assign who of the players fits with each of the characters but you can't overlap so there's only one person can be assigned Frasier, one person's assigned Daphne one person's assigned Niles and one person was assigned the talk yes, he's the best one (laughs) (laughs) and then each of those characters is associated with a personality trait, for example, Niles is a worrier Yes. And Frasier is confident, right? So then you assign those people and then the computer assigns that personality trait with them. And then you do another round. And then if you have two conflicting personality traits, like you can't have a confident worrier, right? Like they <laughs> just don't go together. Then you have to do like a, like a, like a, a little lightning round to, to figure out what your actual traits are. I thought that game was kind of neat and kind of fun, but Essentially, that's Jackbox Party Pack 6 in a nutshell. It's great for holidays. It's great for friends, gatherings, and parties, and relatives. And what I love so much about what Jackbox Games does is that they make stuff that everybody can play. As long as you have, you know, basic reading comprehension, (laughs) you're good to go. We played that for one of our streams a couple years ago, I feel like. Yeah, we've played played some of them before. Yeah. yeah, we played for several streams. Yeah, that's when Alexa was still there. I feel like it was around the winter of 2017. That was fun. We should do it again. Yes. Well, it's great for streams because then people in the audience can participate as long as you're not doing something that's super time sensitive. Like the trivia game, the trivia was hard. Yeah, yeah, are tough to do because of the, of the lag. But all of the other ones wouldn't be too difficult. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> But man, I am so ready to get back into Destiny 2. Oh, girl. The dawning is coming. The Festival of the Dawn just got announced this week. Uh-huh. Is that your... Is, well, you don't really have a break because you have people coming over. You got to be Miss Little oh, yeah, Hostess. No. I don't. Yeah. But this is going to be the test of Stadia for me. I'm going to bring Stadia on the road with me. Oh, shit. With Destiny. 
I won't be able to do things with the clan, but I'll be able to grind a little bit on my own. So we'll see how it goes. You just have, I'll report back. Have proper expectations, like I know you will, so you won't be disappointed. Oh, my expectations could not get any lower <laughs> than where they already are. Dang. <laughs> well, I'm serious. Hey, I, I had I had one epiphany moment when I was playing Destiny on Stadia where like finally like I keep saying popped in, you know, yep. like when you're yeah. watching a stream and like the resolution kind of has, is like clearly like lagging a bit, but then it like mm-hmm. like just it cr- becomes it crystal crisps, clear and you're like crisps up. Yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. And you're like, oh there it is. That's what it's supposed to look like. Yeah. I finally had that moment, and like I mentioned, if you guys are playing Stadia um, and you're playing Destiny 2 specifically, you just have to turn the HDR off. Like, you cannot play with HDR on, and like, it still bums me out that Stadia is, like, HDR on or off for the whole system. You have to turn it off. Um, you can't turn it off individually per game, which is a bummer, but um, hopefully they'll fix that or change that someday. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, like I said, it has potential. Yeah, I still hate that controller but oh yeah you know, oh. i'm gonna try playing with my dualshock 4 on the road with the laptop and see how it goes good luck girl godspeed <laughs> and maybe we'll get some darksiders <laughs> blessings next week maybe maybe i would love to play that uh, wait we could it? play oh, together yeah, brit nice oh it'd be so great once i've actually yeah. played with you play on the worst fucking <laughs> yeah cheers uh, i don't even know how to add friends on stadia yet i should probably figure that out huh? add a buddy the bu- oh, yeah. all your buddies are trying to jump in the trash <laughs> that's a toy story joke okay you know. I, I was like that's a weird but i'll laugh at it to support you but okay that's yeah, i, I appreciate the the pity laugh <laughs> Yeah, I guess it was. Like, I don't know. She's trying to make a joke. I don't know what the joke is, but I'm sure it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's what friends do. Literal definition of the pity laugh. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for hanging in there, listening to us talk about what we've been playing. Of course, there is no shortage of video games to play right now. Hopefully, you're picking something up on a snazzy Black Friday special. Don't forget that we, of course, are also running a Black Friday deal at whatsgoodgames.com slash store. you got to use that code what's good to get 20% off. If you've been waiting to buy some merch, now is the time. Again, we hope that you guys had a fantastic time at Thanksgiving this week with your relatives and your friends. And maybe you were working and you made a bunch of money in overtime or holiday hours. However you spent it, we hope it was lovely. We will be back next week with much more What's Good Games. So stick with us. You know you want to. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Hopefully you have. Maybe you want to leave a five-star review. Maybe we'll feature your name in next week's episode. Who could uno say. dos cuatro no, that, 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 no yeah yeah I was, I was doing that song i know Forget like it. don't don't stop a don't stop a cuatro we want i was like we want the cinco 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 timer cinco or bus yeah. okay everybody that's it for us bye